Hello, my name is Truth to the T Templeton. And my name is Chloe Poyo. <laughs> Welcome to our final episode of the Bcast 2020-2021. We're welcoming, for the second time, Dr. Waller to the show. We're very excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here, and it's nice to be with you in person in my office, so that's really thrilling. Um, you guys can't see now. I don't want to out Dr. Wall or anything, but there are a lot of papers on the table. <laughs> <laughs> She's hard at work. She's hard at work. This is my work. There's a lot on this desk, I know. Yes, and so, you know, we just have some logistical questions for next year. Um, you know, we're all excited for the summer. Um, but we want to know how you've been feeling about reopening for 2021-2022. Well, I felt really good about the way we have expanded over the course of this year. Um, there's a lot of work behind the scenes that has gone on to make that possible. And so I do want to acknowledge um, all of my colleagues who have reworked schedules and reworked rooms and reworked facilities, et cetera. And also you all, you know, the students, because you've been really patient, you've been flexible, and I appreciate that. And also um, your families, because it's it was not the normal thing. And we, I think, were able to do it and to provide what is really a true BC education. But what I'm looking to now is um, the idea in the fall of a full reopening at 100%. Now, obviously, everything that I say, there is that caveat that it depends on, you know, the government. It depends on whether there are any regulations that we have to abide by. It depends on whether the virus... Uh, has some sort of resurgence, but I'm hoping that that won't be the case and that we will um, actually be in here doing that thing that we do together, which is, you know, I think virtual, we made it work in a way that was important, but there's nothing like being together face-to-face, yeah. Um, Yeah, so are there any, like, sort of logistical things that you're brainstorming, like maybe changing next year that was different in previous years before, like, uh, remote and online school? Because, I mean, I personally am wondering, like, whether or not remote is still going to be an option, even well into next year. If, like, students are sick, like, will they have the option to come in, like, right. still come to class remote? Things like you know, those are, the, those are the questions that we're working on now. So at this point, going through to the end of the school year, we're going to be having a lot of conversations about contingencies. Like, I'll give you a heads up that one thing that a lot of heads of school in New York are talking about is whether to ever give a snow day again. Right. Like, you know, should it That's always what we're just all worried about. <laughs> you know, I have my feelings about that. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with a day off now and then, uh, especially once we're back into our regular rhythm. I don't like the idea that there would never be a snow day again. There's something about that that is so joyous, even for adults. But, you know, so there are questions like that. Um, you know, I would draw a distinction between you're out of school for a day because you're not feeling well and some sort of long-term illness because you've had a surgery, you know? So those are the sorts of things that we'll have to sort and think about how to, how and whether to have these like hybrid options so that people can use remote sometimes. The other thing I would say is looking outside of the classroom and classroom instruction, I can see some ways in which uh, we're going to have some, you know, what we call COVID keepers, things that will continue on. And so there are certain kinds of faculty meetings board meetings, things like that, that I think we might employ uh, Zoom for in the future, not because we have to, but because we'll want to, because it facilitates people coming together. So I think we're going to have to look at each of these things separately, you know, the snow days, if a person is sick, et cetera, et cetera, and figure out what we can do um, and do well, because we want to be able to do it well. Yeah, there definitely are like, there's definitely the negative effects 
of being in, at home all day with remote uh, learning and stuff, but I definitely think there are some privileges that come along with that. Um, I mean, I've definitely like done work from other classes during my non-related class. <laughs> right. Or like doing school <laughs> yeah. from bed. Yeah, exactly. This, this is the part where Being I pretend to... that I can't hear you. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, let's, then, then move, let's move on. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't condone. That's like, that's like my, my condone paper covered desk. People don't need to know. Yeah, yeah, people don't need to know. <laughs> and so since you said full reopening, will you be requiring students or el- well, eligible students to be vaccinated um, or faculty, will they have to all be vaccinated? Mm-hmm. How will that work? So the faculty and staff uh, are required to be vaccinated, and they have known about that for a very long time. There was a very positive uptake on vaccination before that decision was taken, but but it is one that I did take, and I think it was an important one to take just in terms of wanting to ensure the safest possible environment for the school. There are exemptions that are allowed by law, and of course we offer those as well. And we had conversations with physicians so that people can talk if they're unsure, you know, wanting people to feel as comfortable as they could be with this, but also wanting to give people an option if they were thinking, well, I'm not so sure I might want to do something differently. But there's been positive uptake among the adults in the community. Um, You know, we haven't taken the final decision, but um, it does strike me as a good idea for students to have the vaccination as well. And, you know, that's familiar to folks in terms of right. kids being vaccinated generally. And also, so if us as students end up being required to be vaccinated, would you want it more like um, a certain percentage of the school? And then if we reach that percentage, then other people won't have to get it? Or... Yeah, you're talking about the kind of like herd immunity. Thing. Yeah, the herd immunity. You know, the people with whom we've been consulting haven't really put much stock in that. And so the idea would be that it would be the full student community. Again, some of this might be dictated by law before we even have an opportunity to make a decision around it, but I am looking to see that. And as you probably know, if you're following this in the press, already they're talking about students younger than 16 having access to the vaccination. I think there was some talk about students as young as 12 being eligible potentially as soon as next week. And they're also testing on children, I think, as young as like two years old. So I think that's going to be one of those things that's moving quickly. And that's been part of the the thing with COVID is just you have to be constantly gleaning information and, you know, information that is good. You know, this month is completely outdated. Right, right, right. Really nimble and sort of know what you want to do, but commit to doing the thing that you need to do in the moment. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. I know that, like, in the beginning, early stages of the pandemic, you know, like, the sort of fallacy that, like, younger children, even though, like, were less susceptible to COVID, mm-hmm. didn't carry it at the same rate, right. which was not true right. at all. And I think that's still, like... Or think about, you know, remember we were, like, spraying the groceries? Yes, you know? and you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah so that my mom... of uh, my transmission... It's every no longer day. one that holds, but we were just like spraying the door. Yes, I used to wipe my groceries down every single day once they would come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also even like thinking about like how masks have developed. Like at the beginning, it was like, no, only um, essential workers. And then it became, yeah, you need to wear a cloth mask. And then it became double masking right. for certain situations. So, yeah. And I definitely can imagine masking continuing to be a part of our protocol going right. into the coming school year even if you have even if you have like flu like yeah you i don't think it might be really helpful to us overall yeah, yeah yeah and we're also thinking about um the testing the surveillance testing and currently you know we do everyone every week 
um, which is more than many schools do, but I kind of wanted to come out strong on that one because I think it gives us the broadest uh, amount of data and I think it also provided the greatest amount of reassurance. But now with vaccination and everything else and the declining rates, we might actually pull back from that. And so there's a place, Chloe, where we might do a percentage of the community each week instead of everyone. Um, so I think we're going to sort of uh, shift uh, into, you know, more, I don't know, questions related to the school community, I guess. I mean, this is related to the school community, but... Um, more, more like about the, the seniors. Yeah, more of the seniors. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, so if you have any like final wishes for the class of 2021. I do. You know, I start with a regret because last year I was able to meet with all of the seniors here in my office in little groups. And it was, um, it was really great. And of course, none of that was able to happen this year. And so I think I'm going to end up being able to meet with the juniors who will be seniors next year because uh, the seniors are, are kind of well on their way. I'm not one for early goodbyes because I'm a bit sentimental. And so I always try to like hold off until the end. But um, I guess I do want to commend you all for the way you've navigated something unprecedented. You really are an historic generation. And, you know, I say that as an historian, both in terms of social justice issues and in terms of this pandemic, you know, you all have seen and lived things that I'm not going to say have never been lived. We know about, you know, the flu pandemic um, early in the last century. We know that the civil rights movement, for instance, is something that has been ongoing in this society. But you're definitely at a critical watershed. And I think that's going to be powerful for you all in terms of how you change the world, but also in terms of how you understand your generation. Um, and so that's exciting to me. And it, it makes me feel good about um, our prospects, because I think some of the older people have messed some things up. Uh, so hopefully you can get some things back on track. So I appreciate that. Um, I think also your capacity to kind of continue on in school in the face, again, of things that um, no one in our living memory has had to endure um, and that you've made it something more than endurance. You know, I think about the 1BC celebrations and some of those other things, and they're really, they're joyous. They're not anemic. It's not like a pale comparison. You know, Mr. Mabry is here. Yeah. I think about him and Mr. Correa and that. Um, those things were really beautiful, especially when we were in lockdown, you know, right. scared and not sure what was going to happen next. But the fact that it continues on to me is important as well. And that could be, again, you know, choose one of those things that we continue to do. Maybe we'll want to do it online so that we can preserve it and not just do it live. So I think you all are um, outstanding in so many ways. And um, I'm proud of you, but I'm not saying goodbye because it's not over yet. So there. We have one more week. That's right. That's right. <laughs> just patting ourselves on the back. So. Um, and so now for some wrap-up questions, um, we wanted to know, or actually... Amina wants to know how your cats are doing. Sasha is doing very well. So that's Amina asked. Um, but he's having some grooming issues. So he may have to go and have all of his fur taken off, which he's done once before. He actually likes it because he, really? he keeps his rough, but the rest of him gets, gets shaved. So he looks just like a lion. Wow. And he walks around like he looks just like a lion. So he might be okay with it. I feel like all cats have lion yeah, mindset. Yeah. And my, my dad and my brother have a cat back in Chicago. And she's the opposite to Sasha. She's like very sleek, not, you know, not a long hair. And she's doing well, too, though I'm not supposed to talk about her in front of Sasha. So there you go. But they're doing well. And I want to know how Georgia's doing, too. <laughs>
Oh, well, this is a... Maybe... I don't know if this is an inappropriate question. It's not the pizza one, because I got that one wrong last year, and I'm still... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is this is a personal question for me. Okay. So, as an, as an advisee. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm a junior. Mm-hmm. Is it possible for you as the principal to give a letter of recommendation to a high school student? <laughs> yes, I can write a letter of reference. I certainly can. Yeah. But you, you have to do right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> No, tell no lies. No, yeah, I can. And, um, you know, usually that's, that ends up being like the supplemental yeah. because you need those classroom teachers. Yeah, but definitely. I have your truth. I've seen some things and I can share. <laughs> that sounded... What have you hmm. seen? No, it's positive. I mean, it is a positive. It's a positive. Um, and then finally, we want to know, what are your plans for the summer Oh, as we're signing off? Well, you know, there was no summer last year. It was right. full at work. So I am hoping... I would just like to travel somewhere. I like traveling, and it's one of the things that I really missed when everything shut down. So I'm thinking about maybe going to New Orleans. Oh! oh. I think I'm going to New Orleans, too, actually. Yeah. You know us, too. We're the jazz. Well, yes. Oh, yeah. This is a shout-out for the jazz, jazz club. Jazz. Oh. The BC yeah. Jazz Messengers. Yeah. Shout-out BC need. Jazz Messengers. You can join if you like. <laughs> You can join BC Jazz. Oh, um, sorry. Continue about yes. so your place. So if I should go to New Orleans, I too love jazz. I love food, and so that seems like a really a nice combo. And I haven't been there in a few years, so that's on my mind. It's also it feels a little easier because you don't have to worry about foreign regulations, blah blah blah. So I think I'm gonna like roll the dice on that and hope that they'll be letting us in and won't lose any money and we can make it happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Doc. Thank you so much. For taking the time to speak with us. Okay. Next Um, time you come back, it's going to be clean. Yes. (laughs) No, but, you know, hard at work. Not hardly working. Not hard working. I'd be worried if it was a clean desk. That's right. Exactly. Extremely. You're right. Okay. Yes. And hopefully parents, students, better yet, the whole BC community gets a better understanding of who you are, what you're doing, um, and all the work that you do. Um, and to the listeners, spread the word of this episode okay. on SoundCloud, SoundCloud Spotify, Spotify, and iTunes. And also follow BCast on Instagram. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.